The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. episode of the golden buddhist your boy poop i got my man ant Betty murphy in the building what's good with you my boy what's happening with a dog much hey i went mute at that time too i got it right <laughs> first time in 2024 uh only took a month but hey we got it though uh if y'all only knew the stuff we do to make sure y'all have a a, a decent show behind the scenes Y'all just don't know. Have no idea. No idea. And when you have to rely on a seven-year-old in the middle of Fortnite to get your audio right, mm, should have bought a Honda. But man, we got a good one tonight, man. We got a good one. Uh, I know y'all all been seeing the uh, viral clip. Viral. Our, our guy Jordan Jefferson at Senior Bowl. We gonna we might find a little more information about that. See how that actually went down. But we're gonna hear, you know, saying here about how, how Senior Bowl is looking. Uh, we gotta talk. We gotta have a talk. We gotta have a come to Jesus meeting about this basketball team. <laughs> Which one? Both of them. Don't matter. Both of them. B O F F U M. Both of them. And um, uh, we gotta talk about NIL a little bit. We got to talk about this recruiting. We got a lot to talk about, man. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it because we got a special guest with us. And uh, we ain't going to hold him up. He ain't got that much time. But first, you know what we got to do? We got to give a shout out to our sponsors over at BetOnline. BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in one minute. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. 
Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, we got our player partner, our brother from another mother. He ain't been before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time on, I think this is the first time on the Golden Boot side. Welcome, everybody. The man who know, I ain't gonna say everything about football, but he know more than you do. So, especially welcome. about FCS. Yes, sir. Our good man, Zach McKinnell, FCS Football Central on Sports Illustrated. What's good, my guy? What's good, guys, man? Appreciate y'all having me on this show, man. I feel like I've been locked out of. This time, I finally kind of broke through and got on both shows, man. So I appreciate y'all. Nah, I appreciate you joining us, dog. You always make time for us. We appreciate that. You know what it is, that I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say somebody be discriminating. <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> but man, what's good, man? What's going on in uh in your neck of the woods, man? It's um, it been busy, man. I mean. You, you know, I mean, I live in Mobile, so, man, Senior Bowl is like an annual thing for me. And, I mean, it, just to see the way it's grown, man, I mean, because I remember covering it probably five, six years ago, and even going as a kid, the media presence just was not the same that it is now. I mean, Matt, we had media day tonight. Like, when, when when I was texting you guys, I was leaving the, the convention center downtown, and, I mean, the whole room is just, like, filled with media you got radio row and they had to change all the rules i remember back in the day you could just walk on the field during practice like credential or not and just be there and now i mean you got everyone from youtube channels to major media markets to all these different websites you got the nfl guys you got the college football guys it's just a great mix man you see coaches from all around the country you see even recruits were there today man so I, I just love to see the way it's grown even and hopefully it stays in mobile man i love it for the city and i, I think it's a great experience yeah um i remember going to senior bowl as a as a little kid um and these i used to i'm, I'm be honest i used to hate going to senior bowl because the weather was terrible every time we went um and it seemed like whatever team was playing, I mean, I'm sorry, whatever team, like the coaches were there, we got that weather. I'd never forget Mike Dicker coach with, you know, saying he was he was still with the Bears and he coached. And we had like freezing cold weather that, you know, saying that year. So I was like, man, I was, I used to, I was like, I don't never want to go to Senior Bowl. Um, that was back when it was at Lad. But like now, it, like you said, it's changed so much. Um, sponsorships have changed. Uh, Remember, we used to be Dale Shamps. They used to have the oh, yeah. giant. They used to have the giant uh, uh, push cart, the uh, yep. buggy <laughs> with, with the with the monster truck wheels and stuff. Used to come on the field, but yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, but man, I gotta ask. I gotta start this off here. Fire video, uh, George oh, Jeffs against uh, Haynes. Um, during one-on-one drills and stuff, uh, from your perspective, kind of how, how did it go down, or, or what was it like? Because, um, and I, I'll go from there after you after you respond. You know, it's funny. I I, I should have known it went viral because I forget the NFL networks. You know, got live coverage. It really wasn't a big deal being there. 
I mean, I was sitting right there. I was talking to our guy, Emery Hunt. Uh, me and him were chopping up about some prospects. I'm kicking myself because I I usually film all the one-on-ones, whether it's wide receiver, O-line, D-line. Wasn't filming that one because I was talking to Emery about some FCS guys. And, you know, everyone just kind of was like, oh, fight. And then it was over. And we just went on to the next rep. And I'll, I'll say this. It, it this It's like this every year. And you guys have been around practices, been around all-star games. Going against the same guys, top-level guys, rep after rep after rep it of you you get frustrated especially if you're not winning a rep especially if the guy's hitting you a little bit late because at the end of the day both those guys especially the kid from UConn is trying to prove he belongs on that level he sees the LSU helmet and he's like man if I if I go whoop his ass guess what I might get some calls later you know because the the logo on the helmet matters in perception in terms of like watching the drills and stuff like that and it's it's been chippy all week, man, from the first day because the offensive linemen are always trying to – they're taught to, quote, unquote, finish the block. And as a D lineman, you get tired of people hitting you a little bit late or giving you the extra shove or trying to pull you down. And at the end of the day, I just think the temper kind of flared. And I think once he threw the helmet, you saw it was over. They both walked away because they knew it just went a step too far. And it was just that split second of like, bro, just get your hands off of me. Stop grabbing me. Stop touching me. And we've all been there. I played offensive line. I know what it's like. And I know how we're taught. You play till the echo of the whistle. And it frustrates D lineman. And you get that flag sometimes. And I understand why he was frustrated. I'm just glad nothing came of it. I'm glad there were no punches thrown. Because when I first I saw him throw the helmet, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know if we were going to have another Miles Garrett thing. I didn't know if he threw the helmet at him. I'm just glad nothing serious happened, man. It, it really wasn't a big deal. I think that's just too elite football players just getting a little competitive and it, it it's what day two of practices bro and also the defensive tackles are not as deep as edge rushers like when you're watch there watching the rotation there's a lot of linebackers practicing with the edge rushers there's a lot of dns practicing with the edge rushers so they rotate out every five six snaps maybe those two tackles are not as deep. So you're gotta you have to have way more reps inside and there's not a lot of guys playing center either. So you go against the same guys over and over. It's not a big deal, man. I don't. I I, I know why it went viral because everyone needs something to talk about. I think that's just football at the end of the day. Yeah, I know a lot of people were saying that that's a red flag and you don't do that during senior week with scouts there and all that. But I mean, we've we've seen guys as a Saints fan. One of them, Trevor Penning, kind of made he kind of got famous that that little nasty mean streak that he showed at the Senior Bowl. So it's kind of like if it's good for one one side of the ball, it's good for the other side of the ball to kind of show a little bit of fight and kind of show that little mean streak after the play. So I think people were over-exaggerating a little bit. And that happens, like you say, that happens whenever you go one-on-one against somebody that many times. We see it at the high school level at these All-American camps and things like that. So it's nothing different. I think the thing that caught people off guard was him throwing the helmet because there was because the way they were. I don't know if you I don't know how it looked on TV. I've only seen kind of like one or two replays of it. There was like a circle of people behind where he threw the helmet. So I think that kind of the outrage was, why are you throwing a helmet in a a, into a crowd of people who had nothing to do with it? I think if he would have just ripped his helmet off, nothing would have happened. But I think it was the fact that he threw it in the direction of people standing there, which are the scouts, by the way, sometimes that probably caught him off guard. But I don't think, listen, I don't think any team who was thinking about drafting him is not going to take him because of a practice skirmish. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was kind of my next thing because that was the first thing people say. Oh, it's a red like Ant said. It's a red flag. No team's going to draft him. He's going to the uh, XFL and stuff like. And I thought I was like, oh, it's silly. And then somebody was like, oh, he got beat on the rip. You know, he's mad. And, I, and then I was like, I watched the back, and I, the first thing I thought was like, he pushed. You know, what I'm saying the guy into the simulated quarterback's lap. I don't think he necessarily, He didn't. He may not have made the play, but in a game, that's that's big. You know, that's generating pressure. Also, want to say the kid from UConn. I've seen some of his other reps. He looks good. Yeah, um, the kid's legit. Which, yeah, which brings me to my next question: Some of the unsung heroes that I seen your bowl. Uh, people that you know, so some of the kids that people aren't talking about. I know you cover FCS, um, so you get to see a lot of these guys throughout the year. But who are some of the guys that uh, people aren't talking about but are making a name for themselves? You know, it, it's kind of tough because if I'm not mistaken, there's five. I, I hate the word small school. And, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, we can get into that. But I hate that word. And you've got the kid from Virginia State. you got four FCS guys. And I think that's it in terms of sub FBS guys. Dylan Lobby has been the star of the week, regardless of whatever level these guys yeah. want to play at. I mean, he can return kicks. He can be a punt returner. He can be a receiver. He can run the football, and he just looks so explosive, well put together. He does an excellent job reading the blocks, bouncing stuff to the outside, being able to use his athleticism in, in perfect moments, and he just looks so explosive, and his burst is next level. I think Lobby's a small school guy that's really – I mean, he probably went from day three to potentially a day two pick with the buzz that he's creating. It'll be very interesting to see where he falls Isaiah Davis obviously came in as like the top FCS guy. I mean, he's running back South Dakota State. He shined more today, especially in pass blocking and, and some of the scrimmages they did. But he's a guy that I don't think is a practice player. Does that make sense? Where he's not going to be the practice star, but when y'all suit it up for real and it's time to go, he's going to shine. And, um, you know, Ryan Flournoy made him some money. Simo had a big day one, didn't, didn't really pop off the page day two. I think a group of five guy who's not a, listen, guys are talking about him. Let's just put it out there. I'm not bringing anything new here. Mitchell from Toledo at defensive back. I was just about to ask you about him. I'm talking about, listen, the celebration with the seatbelt. When you look that up, it should be him. That kid is just a Mm. baller, man. And he's got the length, he's got the size, he's got the physical ability to hang in with the bigger wide receivers. And his and his ability to track the ball and make plays is just next level, man. He looks great in, in off coverage. He looks great in man in one-on-one situations. That kid, that kid's legit, man. And I, I'm really, really excited to see how he matures. But I've kind of been hearing that he's kind of skyrocketed up up draft boards already. So I, I don't know if he's just a underrated name, but he's a guy that when I was watching one-on-ones today was just like, man, who is that kid? Yeah. I saw clips of that guy and he, he looked legit. And I also seen some of the receivers, uh, Wilson from Michigan. He looked, he looked like he's having a good week so far. And, uh, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. He also yeah. looked like he's making, making a name for himself, but at quarterback position, Who's been Ooh, some? They don't. Who's been some of the guys who kind of either stood out or <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? Because I've seen some uh, Heisman contenders who hadn't looked so good. Stood out or sat down. That's what they from yeah. what everything mm-hmm. I've seen. But go ahead. I'll, I'll be honest. Like the coming into the week, this was probably the best quarterback class the Senior Bowls had in a few years, just in terms of name recognition. Right, bro. This has been atrocious. <laughs> All of them. Penix has probably been the 
guy who's been most consistent, I think, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, you know, the no one on the American team has been like atrocious, but they haven't really popped. Joe Milton pro- might be the guy there, maybe, but I don't think he's been like perfect or anything. I'll say this, Bo Nix, though, if you could script a week that could tank him out of the first round, it would be this week. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback at an all-star game bounce the balls to wide receivers in one-on-one drills. Like, that's not even for quarterbacks to show off their arm strength. We're not watching the quarterback. We just want to see the receivers versus the DBs. And he bounced the ball. It's not like we're throwing from the other 20 and you got to just chunk it 80 yards to the end zone. We're throwing from, like, the 40, bro. Like, if you're an NFL quarterback, you, you should make that throw in your sleep. He bounced, like, two or three balls today. Maybe it's uh being in the South that you know says kryptonite. You know he might have to the play state out. of Alabama. <laughs> yeah, he might have to play out west. <laughs> uh, what about two other quarterbacks? What about Rattler, Spencer Rattler, and Michael Pratt? How they look? Yeah, that's my guys. P- Pratt, uh, he's been okay. I I don't think he's popped. I'll say that I don't think he's done anything where it's like, oh my god, I can't wait to see you know what he does next. I'll say this. He kind of reminds me of the guy who won MVP last year, like a Jake Hayner, where he's not going to get a lot of hype, but you know he, when the lights turn on, he's going to go out there and ball out. He has that it factor for a group of five quarterback. But for Spencer, I think it's kind of the same. He's been kind of consistent. Nothing that's really flashed for me. I still think they're both behind Milton in terms of their performance over the first two days, but I, I think Pratt's the guy that you're going to see really ball out on Saturday when the lights are on and we, we start going live. Gotcha. Um, I guess last, uh, last, uh, question, the atmosphere, I guess, uh, the atmosphere there, there's typically, well, I'm not, I'm not even gonna ask that. Let me ask this question. How are the teams divided? Cause it seems like they divide the teams up different every, when we were growing up, it was North South and then they sprinkled the, the West coast guys here and there. Um, but it looks more like East West of kind yeah. of how they, that's kind of it, it's kind of like a little bit of both where it's kind of divided by north and south and east and west to a point. So it's like those swings and it's almost like conference wise, too, because you got like the, you know, Texas and Oklahoma guys have always kind of flip flopped historically. They're they're all on the American team now. But you got the guys, but but you know it's not really East Coast because like New Hampshire's on the national team. You got, and then I think it's also too positional need is different. So like they'll try to divide it. Oops, my bad, the best they can. And then if it's like okay, we only have you know X number of wide receivers, who's the next closest guy that we could justify being on that team yeah. or or something like that? Because if I'm not mistaken, is it I, is is Pierce? I, I want to say Pearsall's on the national team. If I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. Or he was practicing with them today. So um I, I think it's I think it's just a weird divide. And at the end of the day, man, I just I just think they they just gotta fill the rosters because of the way the sh- I was told the rostering has been harder for them and especially sending invites this year because of the Shrine Bowl moving to the week of the senior bowl. So historically mm-hmm. the Shrine Bowl was before and the best performers of the Shrine Bowl would fill out the rosters of the senior bowl. Well, now the Shrine, the Shrine Bowl felt like it was the little brother of all-star games. Well, they want to be the 
the centerpiece. They want to be, they want to compete with the senior bowl now. So they moved it to the week of, so the senior bowl couldn't invite their top players to the senior bowl. So the scouts would have to come to them to see it. I think at the end of the day, we got to put ego aside because you're hurting some kids who could have had a shot to perform on both, get more film against more competition. Cause we got 18 FCS guys at the shrine bowl. There's four here. That's not good for the small school prospects at the end of the day because you're limiting their opportunities. They might have Hula. If they're HBCU players, they could possibly have the Legacy Bowl, which historically right now has not generated a lot of NFL success moving forward. Or they could go to what the C it was at the CSG game or 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 one of those, you know, way too early bowl games, which historically haven't been super great. The key to the NFL is Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl. They need to separate, and, and even if the Shrine Bowl wants to go two weeks earlier, whatever it needs to be, or go after the Senior Bowl, I don't care. We got to get more opportunities for small school guys, especially if we're going to have freaking seventh, eighth-year seniors taking spots from guys who historically were smaller school guys. And I just think there's just like this log jam of NFL prospects right now, and it's killing these smaller school guys who feel like they have to now take a grad year or transfer to an FBS program to get that opportunity. And it's not good for the health of some of the small guys feeling like they have an opportunity to make it to the next level. Yeah. Last question before we let you go. What do you expect for in the game Saturday? Oh man, I think it's going to come down. It always comes down to quarterback play. Like there's always that quarterback that just shines or, or even a running back. I think, I think back to, um, old Penn State running back, man, that played for the Chiefs, and I'm blanking on his name. Um, Larry Johnson. Yes. I don't – you guys remember it was like when he was coming out, man, took over oh, the LJ game and the North team. Yeah, the, the North team dominated because of him. I think in terms of skill position talent, I give the advantage to the national team a little bit. Roman Wilson's been balling out. They got Lobby and Isaiah Davis out there. I think even though they haven't played well, I still think they got the better quarterbacks. I don't know how much Knicks and Penix are going to play, though. That's the one question mark I do have. But I think also, too, it'll be very interesting to see offensive and defensive line because I think there's going to be a lot of aggression taken out. I will say real quick, Tyler Guten for Oklahoma or Guyton. I don't know yeah. how you say it. The offensive tackle. Listen, you guys know you guys know I'm a big O-line guy. That kid is amazing. Just a shutdown guy. He's like 6'7", 320, and can move, and he's physical and got great hands. Man, that's a guy that I think a lot of people might be looking at potentially to make a move to late first round maybe, early early second, something like that. I mean, that kid's balling right now and has the size. So I'll be very interested to see what, what Tyler does moving forward out of Oklahoma. Zach, as always, appreciate you, my guy. Hey, appreciate you guys, man. Um, anytime, man. Like I always say, I always make time for y'all, man. Y'all do a great job on both y'all shows, man. Appreciate y'all. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, y'all go check them out. That's Mr. Zach McKinnell of FCS Football Central. Uh, what's, what's illustrated, man? Y'all go check them out. I ain't get to put this comment up, but this is this is grade A trollery by our good man. Also, he said, you mean Bo Nix isn't good when he's having to actually play quarterback and not having to do having his receivers do all the work on five yards or less screens. Color me shocked. That's what it looks like, man. Yeah, that's funny. That is hilarious. Man, listen. I like it. I might I might actually pay a little bit more attention to the scene bowl this year. 
We forgot to ask him about our guy Charles Turner too, man. Can't forget to ask him about Charles Turner. Um, but man, let's. Um, I do want to talk about speaking of uh, uh, old linemen. I want to talk about the secret weapon, man. Brad Davis. Yeah. Brad Davis is the secret weapon. Um, I did a little a little digging today. Um. I ain't even start. I ain't get to the part where I start looking at the guys he's brought in recruit wise. Uh, but Brad Davis, his effects on the offensive line in twenty twenty one, his first year, LSU allowed twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty eight sacks. In year two, that went up to forty five sacks. In year three, it was down to twenty two. Rushing yards, year one, a whopping 1,482 rushing yards. Year two, it went to 25.74, and this past year, it went to 26.59. PFF has the O-line ranked as number eight. The number eight O-line. Kind of low. Out of out of however many uh yeah I know I just feel like they should be top five but I, I I mean I kind of agree you know they were Joe Moore award yeah. finalist yeah um and I don't know everything about PFL I couldn't I, find QB pressures allowed and stuff like the advanced stats it's it's you have to dig hard for college kinda, yeah yeah it's hard for college um but you start looking at the the recruits he's bringing in. Oh, Dave said, what is this other show? You talking about HBCU Hour? HBCU Hour, Dave. <laughs> Dave tripping. <laughs> but, but not though. I think I think that's only part of it though. Like you said, what he's been able to do developing the offensive line. But, the, but like you said, you didn't get to look up the guys he's brought in, but just off the top of my head, you know, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, DJ Chester. Um Lance Hurd, well, Lance I mean, I know Hurd, it's not yeah, here now, yeah. but Lance, Lance Hurd, uh, Tyree Adams, uh, Mabanga. Then you look at who he's brought in this year's class with Weston Davis and and those guys. I mean, then turn around and getting a three one eight commit this week and uh, Devin Harper from Calvary, who we'll talk about in a second. But man, he building the wall of Louisiana in more than one way. You know, he building a literal wall around Louisiana, keeping all the in-state offensive lineman here, Joe Cryer and those guys. But he's also literally building a wall with elite-level offensive linemen to protect the quarterback and, and, you know, and establish a sound running game. So, I mean, he's doing everything that he's asked to do and some. And I think when you talk about the importance of the offense, next season I think the biggest thing you're going to have to look at is that offensive line bringing four or five starters back and and that continuity they're going to have, you're going to lean on them a lot. So, He's going to be very important next season as well. Yeah, um, I'm thinking back to the bowl game. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, LSU didn't give up a sack in the bowl game. If we did, maybe one. I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember. We gave up a sack. Um, everybody was saying that. Oh, it's going to be a lot different with nuts back there. They're going to have to hold their blocks longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they can do it. You know, he he's not going to be able to take off and run like Jaden. Nuts didn't have to leave the pocket. For the most part, I mean, of course, you know, some design rollouts and stuff like that. But what Brad Davis has been able to do 
in his three years so far. It's 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 promising. It's promising. Um, like you said, we already talked about the recruiter. Speaking of that, let's let's move and talk about um this 2025 class. He did just get a big recruit from your neck of the woods. Yep. Talk to us about him. Man, uh Devin Devin Harper, he plays offensive tackle right now, but he's uh projected to be inside interior offensive lineman in college. I guess you could say kind of like they projected Emory Jones. But uh man, he's a big physical guy with a mean streak. Uh, and he plays at a kind of a smaller school, I would say, but they play high high up competition and they're a championship kind of team year in and year out. So he's played in a lot of big games. He's been in those big moments. He's protected quarterback who's playing in college right now whenever he was a freshman. So I think he's uh he's gonna be one of those guys who can come in and, and, and translate quickly to the next level. He's got he's got the physical tools and he's got the, you know the the experience and the pedigree at the high school level. So I think he's gonna be one to definitely keep your eye on. Yeah. Um not just that man. Uh this recruiting class is heating up. Um I saw the post early and I, I can't can't find it out about the actual commits that that this this class has now. Um at this point, if I'm not mistaken, three, three, five stars, um, like five or six, four stars. Mm-hmm. This is shaping out. This could be the best class, recruiting class that LSU has ever brought in. You already got right now committed the highest ranked player ever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely on class. It's on pace to be a historic year for sure, especially if they can, you know, land some of these other guys they got on their target board, even just some of the in-state guys. So, yeah, I definitely think um I definitely think that 2025 class is going to be special and when you talk about BK's tenure at LSU, that could be that class that kind of sets the tone. It could be that Whitworth class that that nick saban had you know what i mean that that kind of establishes the foundation yeah um we talked about um the the highest rate rate ranked player um for a long time it was leonard fournette he's Mm -hmm. ranked as like 0.9996 bryce underwood is 0.9999 but we we we're not through with this 24 class either yeah. Right now on campus, well, I think it's I don't know if he's on campus right now, but I know today they brought in Terry Bussey. Terry Bussey uh was on campus. And they also got CJ Pickett. Yeah, we'll talk talk about Bussey first, because he's in the 24 class. Uh I mean, signing day is a week from today. So I mean, this uh big gift for LSU having him on campus so so soon the signing day. I know he still got to visit A and M this weekend, I believe. Uh, but just getting him here, making that last final push, um, kind of you know, making your last your last efforts to to get him into this class. I mean, it's huge that you had that opportunity. We'll see if they can close on him, but just him being able to come here is just BK being able to get him in in for a visit. I think and being in the mix for him says a lot. Right. Um, huge get, huge get. I, I've been preaching and yelling because every time somebody a name pops up, LSU fans, hey, we need to get them. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to hear nothing about it unless it's a D lineman 
or maybe a running back. I don't care to hear nothing about it. But Bus is one of those guys. You got to make an exception to that rule. Um, he's a guy you definitely want to get in your class, uh, even if it's from the standpoint of we you want somebody there um, who, from the optics, you can lock down the state. Say we got the best of the best in this class, and you know, what I'm saying, and they're going to step on the field and perform for us. That's what you get in a guy like Bussy. You can't let that opportunity pass up. Yeah, he's he's such a special weapon, man. He can play running back, receiver, DB. He can do so much, and just adding that that versatility to this class. And not only that, but optics wise, what it would look like to beat our A and M in Georgia for a recruit. Like that, with all the changes that LSU's had, I mean, you end up with four, four or five stars in this recruiting class, the way people were saying BK can't recruit. That would just be one more thing good for LSU optically going into the season. Uh, CJ Pickett, like we said, he's also on campus, 2025 kid, uh, big safety. Number one safety, safety. class, according to pretty much every site. Um, I think – LSU hadn't really been in the mix so far for him yet, from my understanding. So it's kind of good to see them getting him on campus and kind of throwing their name in the hat. Let's see if we can kind of, uh, since we was late to the party, see if we can kind of gain some steam with him uh, and kind of sell him to be part of that 2025 class that's looking to be legendary. So let's see if uh, the recruiting coordinator that is Keelan Moses can get him to um to go ahead and commit to LSU like he getting everybody else to do. Hey, listen, that kid, Keelan Moses, uh, he got a future in, in football ops. You know, when he's done, yeah. sitting down with his with his playing career, he might have one now. He might have one now. They still let athletes have jobs on campus. Like that's yeah, that's, that's gonna be his job on campus, recruiting coordinator. Man, that dude is – it is funny because he said some crazy – like, he, he made the statement, we're going to be better than 2019 team. And it's like, all right, ha-ha, you know what I'm saying, kid, don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. But when you start looking at, like, the way he is, like, he's – a lot of kids come in and say, hey, I want to be the the guy for this class that helps bring together. When you look at the work he's doing, how he's he's the that lightning rod and kind of galvanizing all those kids to come, Yeah, it's hard to debate that he's not that guy for this class. Yeah, and I think the fact that he's in BR helps a lot. You know what I mean? Anytime somebody comes on a visit, even like midweek like Bussy, you know what I mean? He can pull up to campus and he can be there to help, help you know, sell that pitch to him. So I think he's going to be huge for this class, and he's paying dividends already. Yeah, and, and Jared with the correction. Appreciate you, Jared. He said uh, could be the best ever, not just for LSU. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, man. Let's make it happen. Um, definitely all for it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, signing day next week. Go ahead, and get all you know. Saying this class finished up. See, uh, see if we can steal old old Bussy from uh the grips of the uh, Bussy badass, the maroon guys. Um, and I got a question for you. What up? We hear we hear people talk about nil all the time. Uh, we've heard the the rumor, the myth. LSU is behind the NIL. Uh-huh. When it comes to NIL, uh-huh. question I got for you: All the players that LSU has lost for the reason of NIL, uh-huh. can you name some that have panned out? Uh, 
Well, I'm see, not saying there's not. I was, see, it's hard for me because I don't want to say that just because a kid didn't come to LSU that he went somewhere else because of NIL. Right. So, like, Derrick Williams, for example, I'm not going to say he went to Texas for NIL. I'm not sure that's the reason. You know what I mean? But if he did, I would say that's one that's panned out. Um, started as a freshman, you know what I mean, and, and played a lot of snaps, contributed. Uh, you can make the argument that Le'Veon Moss and, and Jacoby Matthews, I know. We know I, Le'Veon. I, I know, I'm just saying. That's why I'm saying. I'm not, not every kid who went somewhere else went for NIL. But if you're, if you're saying any kid who didn't go to LSU and went somewhere else, I would say Le'Veon and Jacoby Matthews would could, could fall into that category. But but most of them I would say that we've quote unquote missed out on we the jury is is still out to see whether or not that they're gonna be what they claim that what we think they're gonna be. I agree. Um when his question is asked. All the every time it comes up and it said that you know saying hey we we couldn't compete with this guy due to nil reasons or whatever you know we couldn't pony up the money we lost mm-hmm. him to the oil schools um, we hear that a lot but when I asked that question and you start thinking it took you a minute th- I mean you could you could name some guys but it wasn't that whole 30, 40 kid list like we we hear for everything else yeah. I mean, Kendrick Law could be another name that you could throw out. Um, he hadn't been great, but I mean, he's he's played significant snaps at Bama for them. So, but I mean, you're right though; the list ain't very long. But most most of the jury's still out, like Lance Hurd, jury's still out on Tackett Curtis. You know, people like that that we missed out on. I would say the jury's still out to see what they're gonna be. Yeah, um, yeah, I completely agree. I. I like the idea of saying that, oh, when we missed out on the kid, oh, yeah, we missed out for NIL reasons. Because that makes you, at least it makes people comfortable in saying that it's not LSU. LSU is, you know saying, it can sell itself. Yeah. It's money. I think yeah. that's what makes people comfortable. Yeah. But when you look back at it and you can say, not not necessarily every kid that has come here has has worked out and, and had the best, but when you look at the guys we've got have competed since BK has been here, every guy we've got we've got on, on this roster has been in a, in a at a point where they've contended for something, whether it's to win the West, um, potential playoff, fell short of course both years, it's fell short early this year, um, yeah. but. You still had, you know, saying you're in the running, and that's something else that I think, you know, saying we can market and, and sell as a school, as a program. You know, saying you're in the running, you know, and now with the 12 team playoff, yeah, you should be in the running every year. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, man. I guess now time for an uncomfortable conversation. Well, at least uncomfortable for y'all. It ain't for me. But uncomfortable for who? Yeah, it ain't for ain't, ain't for us. Um, we ain't did all the call in a long time, but men and women basketball team come to the front house. Um, I ain't even, I ain't even, I ain't even gonna talk about the men though. Like, 
So, I, I, and the reason I say the men, I feel like the reason is not necessarily the same, but a similar issues on why um uh, uh <laughs> damn I just Craig, lost Craig said I think uh her it's Tennessee he said he meant Tennessee he said I think her went to Tennessee because he wanted the blind side yeah that's the rumor and they're Tennessee supposedly moving their left tackle to right tackle so her can get that left tackle spot yeah but uh back to this uh Men's and women's team, the they're not the same situation, but they're similar. Um, men's team beginning of the season up and down. They showed promise, but they were up and down because of guard play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept saying Jalen Cook was down, so Jalen Cook gets help. I mean, is 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 eligible to play? He starts playing, and the team does look better. Uh, but I, I still think there's a point guard deficit there, a facilitator deficit that's mm-hmm. hurting your team. Jalen Cook is a, is, a, is a he's a great facilitator but he's also more of a take over the game shoot first kind of guy. Hannibal mm-hmm. is a pass first type of guy but he's very turnover prone. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the lady side. <laughs> We've said several times you you led this this uh rebellion in the beginning of summer. Um and I, I want to caveat by saying this. It's something I did want to say about Haley Van Lyft has become the scapegoat for LSU women's woes. She is not the issue. Um let me let me pray. She She's is not the sole issue. There you go. There you go. Um, she was put in a in a bad position. Well, she she was brought in to be something she's not. Uh huh. She is a a great athlete. I think she can do some good things. This team, this the scheme, is not set for that right now. If that. I think if she had a came in, she's playing us on side a pool, Kateri pool. It might be a little different because now she can play off ball. If uh, Velez was trusted more, had more minutes, more experience and stuff, they could play side by side. It might be a different story because, again, she can play off ball. But now you've got her running the point or trying to run the point and – she can't get her shots up so she can contribute her, her best skill attribute. I mean, her best skill set. And also, you you having her do something that she looks, she just looks uncomfortable doing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we've discussed this ad nauseum at this point. I mean, they don't have a point guard on the roster at the moment that's capable of being an SEC starter. I mean, that's not no knock to Haley or Poa or nothing like that. I'm just, based off what I see, that's my analysis right now. They don't have a guard capable of being an SEC starter. I mean, with Haley, I think the speed of the guards in the SEC have been a problem for her. Uh, She struggled kind of staying in front of them on defense, and 
whenever they apply heavy ball pre on ball pressure to her, she's kind of it's kind of I don't want to say a struggle, but it's kind of been difficult for her to kind of get the offense into the into the into the play and and get things going offensively. It, that's why you see the offense. 10 seconds left on the shot clock before the play and stuff starts getting going because she's had, she struggled so much getting the ball up the court and into the offense. And then, I mean, Poa is kind of struggling with some of the same things um, as far as on ball pressure and getting into the offense. They're both kind of turning the ball over a little too much, but at least Poa gives you something on the defensive end. The problem is she doesn't really give you anything on the offensive end, which hurts you while she's in there. Um, you know, it, whoever's guarding her helps off of her and is easier to double Angel or Nisa or whatever the case may be whenever Poe is in the game because of her being a lack of an offensive threat. I'm not saying it's because she doesn't have the ability to be an offensive threat. She's just shown the reluctance to do so. So, I mean, no I problem. think – I think um, I think this team is what it is at this point, bro. I mean, there's really no magic answer that you can pull, put into the game to make everything go away. Uh, I don't even know how much pull being available would, would make a difference because of some of the same problems that I just said, speed, turnovers, and things like that. So I think this just was a – I'm not going to say poorly constructed team. I just think it was a team that was constructed with a weakness, and that weakness has been exploited in SEC play. And another thing, the thing that stood out to me the most in the last three halves, of, or they don't play halves no more, so like the last six quarters of basketball for the LSU women, is it's like so difficult for them to get a good look on offense. I mean – if you look at the second half versus South Carolina, South Carolina was getting wide open, good looks, and everything LSU got was contested or it was forced up or it was a quick, quick bad shot versus what South Carolina was able to get. And then when you look at this last game, they just same, – same situation. I mean, they really didn't have anything easy. Everything seemed forced. Everything seemed to be like Angel, Angel trying to do it on her own, or Michaela trying to do it on her own, or Flage trying to drive three people. It just didn't seem like they could get anything easy. And I think part of that is because of the guard play that they have. So I, I don't know where you go from here at this point if you LSU, bro. I mean, you you are who you are. You just got to try to to win in spite of your your deficiencies. Yeah. Paul, uh, I say she's snowballing. Um, and what I mean by that, we all know when a, when a snowball rolls down here, picks up, stands, just keeps rolling. Um, it seems like she is now in the mental part of the game where uh, she makes a mistake and then it's like she know I'm going to get pulled. It's like mm -hmm. soon she makes – she's like, I'm getting pulled. And then it's like it's over. She's out of the game at that point. Um, yeah. I don't think this team is – I don't think this team is a is a is a failure. Um well, well 
one problem they are suffering from our expectations it's hard to repeat whose expectations fans okay because i didn't expect them to be but a lot of people expect them to repeat um yeah, i didn't they they're suffering from expect fans expectations um they've only lost four games mm-hmm. they're still predicted to be uh i think a four seed right now they could improve upon that but It's a lot of season left. It is. It is. But at the same time, though, it's only going to get harder to win as the season continues. You know what I mean? When when team Now everybody knows your weakness. Now everybody has seen multiple people exploit your weakness. You know, whether it be Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, you know, they've struggled with a lot of teams. So when when everybody has the blueprint to how to beat you and and just about everybody in the SEC has has what has that blueprint in the terms of they have the quick athletic guards and things like that, then you're gonna see a lot of teams give you tough games. Not to mention you're the defending champ, so everybody wants to knock you off anyway. So I think I think that they just – they got a lot of season left in front of them. I'm not saying the season's over by any means. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think, like, we're going to continue to see a lot of the things we're seeing now because of the way this team is constructed. I still think that they can make a deep run in the tournament. I still think they can make the Final Four, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're in the championship game. But – the way this team is playing right now and the way they're built, it's going to be very difficult for that to happen. This is 2010 Alabama. When it, 2009, they beat Texas in the, in the championship game. Um, the next year, talent still, a lot of that core is still there. Um, it looks like they could possibly repeat. And lo and behold, the team that beat them first was South Carolina. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of ironic. Um, I mean, I, I, South Carolina wasn't the first team to beat this LSU team, but I'm just saying that's kind of the team when, when it happened. It's like, I right, maybe they're not ready this year. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how I, I, I'm looking at this team. Um, I think they got the core there. They may not win this season, but I, I think they got a good chance. I think they got a good chance uh, to build off of a lot of lessons learned. Um, Man, you sent me some earlier though, in, in regards to to women's basketball. Uh, Cheryl Swoops mm-hmm. had some uh, very interesting comments about uh, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Yep, yep. Um, basically, her sentiments were: people are expecting them to come in and dominate, and or, or be very, you know. Basically, be who they are in college, in, in in WNBA, and that's not gonna happen. She said they will be great, but it just won't happen right away. Well, yep. yo, you know, what I'm saying I'll let you take it from there. And a, a lot of people said Sheriff Swoops was hating on on Angel, Angel and Kay. She said that they're not gonna come in 
and be great right, right away. But I think she's 100% right. I mean, I'll start with Kaylin Clark. She's she's a, an elite scorer. She's great passer. She can she could do everything. However, we've seen that to a certain extent in Sabrina Inescu. She put up ridiculous numbers at Oregon in a similar fashion as Kaylin Clark, although Kaylin Clark scored more points, but they still played the same style of ball. Sabrina struggled her first few years in the league mm-hmm. because it takes an adjustment to get there. I mean, if you look at Angel, and I've said this about Angel's game at the SEC level, Angel needs to continue to develop that mid-range jump shot. And, and most importantly, in my opinion, is she has to improve on her dribble drive ability. She has to be able to put the ball on the floor from the wing and get to the lane. Because at the next level, she won't be playing the five. She'll be playing the four and possibly even the three, the small four position. And so at that next level, you talk about some people like Brianna Stewart, Satu Sabale, Dewana Bonner, Neneko Gumake, and, and players like that who played at three and four and their athleticism, you got to guard these people. So you got to be able to guard on the perimeter. So Angel has to work on all of this and continue to get better at all of this for her to be the same player she is now at the next level in terms of how she dominates and how great she is. So, yeah, she'll be a good pro as a rookie, she'll be a good pro her first few years in the league, but for her to be a great pro, she still has things she needs to work on and get develop- and develop to reach that point. And so I think Cheryl Swoops is right. I don't think she's hating at all. I think she's speaking from someone who was dominant in the WNBA and knows what it takes to be dominant in the WNBA, and she's just speaking on what she sees in their game at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm just making sure. Um, I completely agree. Um, one thing I thought, I thought she said that was very interesting. She was like in the WNBA, every time a new person comes in, the veterans are like, you trying to take my job. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's more of a fight than So in the NFL, it's kind of a similar situation. Same for the WNBA. I mean, for the NBA. The difference is there's 30 teams in the NBA, 32 in the NFL. Um, and there's probably there's a lot more opportunities. WNBA the A, uh, the WNBA does not have that same luxury. 12 teams. Um, and everybody can can stay. How many slides? It's 12 slots on the team, ain't it? Yep. Everybody can 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 yell out. We need to expand, but y'all got to support too. So it's just, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a, that hunger is different. They are they are expanding. They they Golden State adding the team, so that'll be you know twelve more roster spots that'll be available. But but to your point though, man, like in the WNBA more than any other league is. Is it hard to make a roster spot, bro? They got three rounds, 36 draft picks. So basically, a quarter of the league is drafted every year in terms of numbers. So 
in order for every draft pick to make it, that means a quarter of the people who played last year don't have a job no more. And just the math for that to work out every year doesn't happen. So for you to come in, even first-round picks ain't guaranteed a roster spot. So for you to come in and take somebody's spot, you have to be great. And Kalen and Angel both have things they need to work on to be great. I'm not saying that they wouldn't, they would, if they get drafted, they're not going to make the team. But if they right. get drafted, they're not going to come in and be Candace Parker, who was, you know, the most valuable player and rookie of the year as a, as a rookie. I mean, ain't, ain't too many people can do that, man. Big facts. Um, man, that's enough about, about that. Um, let's talk, let's go shoot back to football for a minute. Get ready to get up out of here. Seattle Seahawks, man. Uh, they got a coach. Yep, yep. They got a coach. The Seattle Seahawks have hired the Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, Mc, Mike McDonald as their new head coach. Um, I think man. a lot of people expected, expected him to go defense, but I think a lot of people was thinking Dan Quinn. I was specifically thinking Dan Quinn, but have have you seen the, like this uh, resume for Mike McDaniel? I haven't seen his resume. I I, I know what it, like the, his defense looks like. So. Yeah, yeah. But f- four years ago, he was a linebacker coach in the NFL, and now he's a head coach. So he started as a, like a a, a intern and grad assistant for Georgia, and then he went to the uh he went to the NFL. And was a assistant. Well, he was an intern and an assistant for a couple years. Then he became a DB coach for a year, coached the linebackers for three years. Then he went to Michigan for a year as the DC, and has been in Baltimore for the last two years as the DC. Now he gets a head coach job. He's thirty six years old, bro. Like what a hell of a rise in the last like yeah. You know, from you, you know, ten years ago you and. Uh, grad assistant at Georgia. Now, ten years later, you're a head coach of the NFL. Man, that's that's a crazy ride. But uh, speaking of coaching highs, we got another um, we got going crank the college coaching carousel back up, man. Oh yeah, I did see that. Uh, another, it's another vacancy. Boston College head coach uh, Jeff Halfley. I guess I think that's how you say his name. He left Boston College to become the defensive coordinator at Green Bay Packers. So uh, another coaching job open, a P5 coaching job at that, you know what I mean? So, but uh, not a great P5, but still a P5 nonetheless. And a P5 job opens up, coaching carousel gets cranked back up. And another thing, BC's players now get to enter the transfer portal for the next 30 days. 30 days, yeah. You see that. Um, he did because I was looking. He has, if I'm not mistaken, he has gotten BC to a bowl in three of the last four years. Yep. And they just beat Miami. Not pretty Miami. I'm sorry. Pretty successful uh, team. Who they, who they just beat in their bowl in this bowl. They just recently. Oh. Had. Well, I can't remember. Um, it was a good game. But no, nah, but just making a bowl game in BC alone, say, it says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's gonna bother me until I look it up. Uh, football. They play in it because they play in one of them games up north, like the Pinstripe Bowl. Bowl, Fenway Bowl, one of them. Yeah, Louisville. No, it mm-hmm. wasn't Louisville because Louisville is in the um, what's call it? Who was it? Give me one second. Of course Man. they already got Kentucky by the they got. SMU. Mm. SMU. The AAC champion is SMU. Who who will actually be in the conference with them next year? Yeah. Yeah. Um what day are you talking about? The other news, the pink one is gone. It's still going. I have no idea what he's talking about. Pink one is still going. Oh, the pink one is still going. Must be talking about uh the pink what? Talking about um in his island. Some tell me. He... Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay yeah okay okay. Um, uh also saw this came up today. Devin Haynes camp. They, they reached out to uh Tanks. <laughs> they reached out to Tank Camp. Said they'll they'll take the fight if he can get the same deal as Ryan Garcia. I believe it when I see it. I also saw the Shakir Stevenson said he was from boxing. I believe it when I see it. You said what? Shakir Stevenson said he was retiring from boxing. Man, I believe when I see Boy, I'm retiring. What up, yeah, Josh, man? Appreciate you tuning in, bro. Yeah. What's good, Josh? Yeah, so, I'm So I had uh Oh, he talking about... You said Nicki Minaj. Oh. I had uh I had a Batman... Six legs... The first four hit. Kentucky, they in overtime right now. Mm. Bastards. And then UConn, bro. I need a UConn minus four and a half in the first half. They won by four, then. Nah, it was up by one, man. Stupid mother. But I got a I got an eleven leg NBA parlay. Player props. Mm. And right now I got one, two, three. Four, five, six of the 11 have hit so far, and I'm one assist away from being seven of 11. And the last game ain't even started yet. So let's go. They said, uh, Who y'all got winning the Super Bowl? Tune in Sunday. Taylor Swift. Taylor <laughs> Swift will win because they're they going to find a way to, to, to you know. I got a hockey parlay too. You'd be proud of me. Yeah, I would be proud of you, man. I ain't watch hockey like I want to. So I took under six and a half on everything. Uh, I'm trying to think what else we got, man. Um, Shrine Bowl tomorrow. You watch the Pro Bowl? They doing that flag football stuff again, ain't it? I I don't even know who in the front in in the Pro Bowl. 
I don't know. I completely forgot all about that thing. I, you know what I do want to watch? The skills competition. Like the skill competition. I, I think that's tomorrow. That. Okay. On the interest. I won't mind seeing that. Um, you know what I would love to see? I know they wouldn't do it. So, somebody posted a clip. An old clip. Remember the TV show Pros versus Joes? Mm-hmm. I would love to see a skills competition versus regular people. No, college students, some of the like these, like the senior bowl guys and stuff like that. Oh, I would love to see or the shrine bowl. Some, you know, what I'm saying not necessarily, you know, but may have them kind of the teams kind of split. Maybe like matter of fact, I got a perfect for you. Um, uh, get like for example, a current like Jaden Daniels. And Joe Burrow on team versus oh like um, that yeah, Lamar yeah. Jack and then whoever a uh, Louisville quarterback. ain't no Louisville quarterbacks yeah I know it ain't but I'm just saying that it, it'd be nice to see something like that you could do him it was good share you could do Jaden and Joe versus Justin Herbert and Bo Nix massacre landslide. Landslide. I, I don't even I care what the competition is. 137 to 2. I wouldn't even mind doing this though. Since it's flag football now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can we bring some of these older quarterbacks back and let them like mm-hmm. and some of these older guys like like let 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 Dan Marino and Brett Favre be the quarterbacks? You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. Just to make it a little more interesting, just to because I don't, I don't. Ooh. Ooh. Stroud and Phil. Like you could. I don't know. You, you know how like the the NBA used to do the little shootout thing when they did like an old player from that team, a current player from that team, and then the WNBA, whatever. They could like do it. they could do something like that in the skills competition. With each franchise, right? Like, that's good, Tyler. For the Saints, they can have they can like do that. they can do that. None. They can do an old quarterback, a new quarterback, and one and one of the women from the lingerie league. They can do. Don't ignore the women. From old the quarterback. League. They play hard. They could, do, they could do an old quarterback from that. Team. Like they, they could be. They could be Dan Marino with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And then Raheem Mostert, you know what I'm saying? And then it could be Brett Favre. No, nah, not Brett Favre. Then it could be <laughs> not, not Brett. too far. Too hey, I thought the lingerie was too far. You uh, uh-uh, Brett Favre be, too far. <laughs> it could be like Donovan McNabb with Devontae Smith and some. You know what I'm saying? Like some along them kind of line. I was gonna really take it too far. <laughs> I was gonna say. Who gonna put Michael Sam on eighteen? Brett Favre, where well, he gonna end up? <laughs> uh, Michael Sam was ahead of his time. He could be playing at Arkansas now. Ain't wrong sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's John Amici. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! John Amici. <laughs> I swear, um, what I swear else? My, 
Michael Sam should have went got drafted by Green Bay. That would have been the perfect team for him. But anyway. <laughs> what a disclaimer. What, <laughs> what a disclaimer. I'm just saying, man, they run that three four defense. Expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. He would have been good in that 3-4 defense they ran, man. That's all I'm saying, bro. Oh, man. Or Dick LeBeau's defense, one of the two. I think he would have went pretty hard for Dick. Paul. (laughs) We got to go. Oh, man. Uh, The commentary is killing me. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! All right, what else we got going? On? Oh, uh, speaking of, I know the the what you call it this weekend. Uh, NHL uh All Star Game this weekend. Oh, that's my first time hearing about that. Yeah, they it's it's cause I just been here because they been here advertising on um on uh, XL XM Radio. Yeah, um, they gonna have like a three on three. Tournament and else, which is I kind of like that idea. I swear, Brandon Ingram better get another assist, or I'm gonna drive to Houston and slap him my damn self. I don't even know if he's still in the game. We up by sixteen on them boys. Get an assist, mm-hmm. my man. We can finish the show. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question though. What's up? Be honest. Attempt at the compo. You seen the move he did? They call uh, traveling. The Nassus. Yeah, him. Thanos attempted the coupo. Yeah, no, nah, I ain't seen nothing. Yeah, so he did a move. Well, he he was he was he was kind of posted up against the guy. Yeah. Well, he wanted uh, you know what I'm saying he was posted up, and then he dribbled behind his back and spun and went to the goal. They called traveling. The referee called traveling. Giannis jumped up off the bench. And was like arguing with the referee. I mean, all in the coach's box, arguing with the referee. Nothing, no tech, nothing. The referee just told him to get back. Must be nice. Get away with that kind of stuff. Come on, Bri. I just need one more assist. That man, that man and fired two. He got one ring, then fired two coaches. Now they finna take y'all out, man. And he can argue anyway. Doc Rivers will be there soon. Career over. Take him out, man. Yeah. Blow my eleven leg parlay, man. By one, get up out of here. Get up out of here. We we didn't cause too much damage already. All right, we'll be back one day. Sunday. 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 Super Bowl preview, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta reach out. I gotta reach out. All right. Like that. We got. This show was presented by BetOnline.ag Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on Twitter at Golden Boot On Instagram at Golden Boot On YouTube at The Golden Boot Pod 
on Facebook at The Golden Boot Pod. Golden Boot! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.